The limited improvement was due in part to models using only a small number of neurons. In larger populations were available, we observed more sizable improvements. For instance, when the population decoder considered three or more neurons, performance increased to 60.07.5%, relative to a performance of 55.86.0% provided by the single best neuron. We conclude that V4 population responses are predictive of perceptual DESI science in a fine orientation discrimination task, whereas V1 population responses contain much weaker signals. Decisions can be predicted from the responses of small populations, even when choice SIG nulls in individual neurons are, on average, barely evident. Animals' decisions are known to be influenced by their choice and reward history, especially if the task stimuli are near threshold. For instance, in the absence of strong sensory information, a subject might be more likely to repeat a decision if it led to a successful outcome on the previous trial, or to switch decisions if the previous choice was wrong. Although these choice history effects are well known in the perceptual literature, they are seldom taken into account when attempting to understand the relationship between neuronal responses and perceptual reports. We used a modified version of a regression analysis, previously applied to rodent and human psychophysical experiments, to evaluate the degree to which our animals were influenced by their previous decisions. Our model consisted of sensory terms, one covariate for each stimulus orientation, and history terms, one covariate for previously rewarded trials and one for previously unrewarded trials, as well as a bias term. Sense of the relative importance of the previous trial's choice is provided by comparing the history weights to the sensory weights. Sensory weights for stimuli far away from the decision boundary are large, exa example 0 and 90 degrees, so the choice on trials involving these stimuli was driven almost entirely by the sensory evidence. However, for trials involving stimuli close to the decision boundary, example, 46 degrees, the animal's decision was influenced to a comparable degree by the choice and reward of the previous trial as by the sensory stimulus itself, reward was 0.31, no reward was 0.29 and weight for the 46 degree stimulus was 0.68. Cross sessions, the choice history model predicted 77.53.1% of choices, M1L, 79.43.0%, M1R, 77.03.3%, M2, 76.32.2%. The estimated bias weight, bias, agreed well with the bias measured from the psychometric function, further indicating that the model accurately predicted choices. On average, the weights for choice history were small but consistent across unemals. Previous rewarded trials, reward, were weighted negatively 0.260.16, indicating that the animals had a weak tendency to switch choices after a rewarded trial. Weights for previous unrewarded trial were positive 0.130.31, indicating a tendency to repeat a choice after a previously unrewarded trial. Thus, animals adopted a win-switch, lose-stay strategy. The strategy adopted by our animals might reflect a small bias in our stimulus sequences, in which it was more common for the correct response to switch between successive trials, 54%, than to remain the same. Observed a tendency of their animals to change reports across trials, which they suggested was because of a weak bias for switching in their stimulus sequence, 52%. Alternatively, the strategy adopted by our animals might be inherent, 
as there is a broad range of strategies evident across individuals, any case, to be sure that the stimulus structure was not directly responsible for the choice history weights we report, we conducted a simple simulation. We used sequences identical to those shown to our animals, but generated choices randomly, using the psychometric function. For instance, if the animal chose vertical on 75% of trials with a 48 degrees grating, we generated a vertical choice with this probability for each 48 degrees grating in our sequence. In models fit to these synthetic data, both choice history weights were indistinguishable from zero. Thus, the weights in the model fit to our data reflect the animal's behavioral strategy rather than the weak structure of our stimulus sequences. To assess the importance of the choice history terms, we compared the model described above to a no history model, consist only of the sensory terms. The performance of the two models were not significantly different on average, mean no history model, 77.43.3%, p0.2, for all three datasets and for the pooled data, paired t-test. In addition, the history model was significantly better than the no history model, 2-test, 0.05, in only 3.29.5% of the cases, M1L, 3.211.8%, M1R, 3.89.6%, M2, 2.46.8%. For comparison, reported that the choice history model significantly outperformed a model without history terms for roughly one half of their human subjects. Together, these analyses suggest that there is little influence of choice history on our animals' perceptual reports compared with the influence of the sensory stimulus. Although the influence of choice history was small, we asked whether combining this information with the responses of the measured neuronal population model would lead to improved performance predicting animals' choices for stimuli near perceptual threshold. For each recorded unit, we thus fit a logistic regression model that used both the measured responses and the choice history covariates to predict decisions on a trial-by-trial -trial basis. We only considered neuronal responses and perceptual reports from trials involving stimuli near the decision boundary, 45 degrees and the two nearest orientations, as in the preceding anal. Eyes. However, the choice history covariates reflected the choice. On trials before those involving these stimuli, regardless of whether those previous trials involved stimuli near the discrimination boundary. Including choice history information improved single neuron cross-validated performance from 50.42.8 to 53.24.5% for V1 units, 51.33.9 to 54.15.1% for V4. We applied a similar strategy to assess how combining choice history information with neuronal population responses improved our ability to predict the animal's decisions. Decisions For V1 populations, including choice history information improved model performance from 54.14.5 to 56.04.4%, however, for V4, Adding the choice history did not improve performance significantly, wondered whether performance for models using V4 populations failed to improve because the choice signals in. Those responses reflected choice history directly. In this case, adding choice history information would not improve model performance, as that information could already be extracted from the neuronal responses themselves. To test this possibility, we divided each session's data into two subsets, conditioned on whether the previous trial involved a vertical or horizontal choice. We then compared the performance AF forwarded by the neuronal populations for these two subsets, 
to the performance of models fit to responses on a subset of data involving trials with a mix of both choices in previous trials. If the choice signals in neuronal responses reflect choice history, then conditioning on the choice made in the previous trial should reduce model performance. However, model performance was not significantly different when fit to choice conditioned or mixed subsets, V1, P0.07, N39 sessions, V4, P0.11, N40 sessions, paired t-test. As an additional test of whether neuronal choice signals EN, coded choice history, we assessed whether V4 units with strong choice signals were observed in sessions with strong choice history effects. We quantified the strength of choice history FX as the performance of a model based on choice history terms alone, in predicting choices, and then compared this performance to a model based on single neuron responses. The correlation coefficient was not significantly different from zero in V1, R0.03, Pearson correlation, P0.55, or V4, R0.07, P. 0.08, suggesting a dissociation of these two signals. Together, these analyses indicate that choice-related information in neuronal responses does not reflect an EN coding of choice history. In summary, the choice and reward outcome of the previous trial provide information about the animal's choice on the current trial. Compared with the influence of sensory information, the influence of choice history is small. Nevertheless, this information improves the ability to predict choices from measured neuronal responses. Choice history AP pairs to be an independent predictor of performance, distinct from the choice SIG NALS present in the neuronal responses. Though we only analyzed trials in which animals maintained fixation within a 1.4 degrees window, small eye movements within that window could potentially affect the observed relationships between neuronal responses and choice. We therefore repeated our core analyses, after excluding trials in which microsaccades were detected, briefly, we defined a microsaccade as an eye movement that remained within the fixation window, involved a velocity of 10 degrees per second or more, and persisted for at least 8 milliseconds. Events detected by our method showed a relationship between eye movement velocity and amplitude. Typical for saccades and microsaccades, microsaccades occurred at a rate of 1.7 events s, consistent with previous studies. Thus, 61.9% of trials contained a microsaccade. We found no significant difference in CP calculated from trials containing microsaccades with those calculated from trials that did not. Similarly, the performance of models fit to neuronal population responses were similar in the two subsets of trials. This was the performance of population models which included choice history terms. We conclude that the reported relationship between choice and neuronal responses in V1 and V4 cannot be attributed to microsaccades. We recorded simultaneously from neuronal populations in V1 and V4 while monkeys performed a fine orientation discriminator tie-on task. We found limited choice signal in either area using single neurons, but significant choice information in V4 neuronal populations. Notably, choice information was most evident after stimulus offset, in the brief epoch before the animal Indy. Hate its choice. Our ability to predict choice on a trial-by-trial -trial basis was improved by including knowledge about the choice made on the preceding trial, a signal that was distinct from the choice-related information evident in the neuronal responses. Using small populations of V4 neurons, we were able to correctly predict choices on nearly 60% of trials.
This compares favorably with previous measurements of V4 single neuron CP on a fine disparity discrimination task. Differences in method preclude a rigorous comparison, i.e., we measured performance as prediction AC accuracy on held out data, whereas CP provides a measure of performance using all data. Neuronal populations were more informative of choice for two reasons. First, our models were able to focus on the neurons that provided reliable choice information in each session, and ignore uninformative neurons. Indeed, the optimally decoded population size usually involved just a few neurons. Second, in some sessions, we were able to effectively combine the weak choice signals present in multiple, individual neurons to yield a more accurate prediction. Our data show that even small neuronal populations can yield qualitatively different conclusions about the presence of choice signals in a given area or animal. Still larger popular tie-ins than we obtained might provide sufficiently accurate estimates of population noise covariance to attempt to infer readout weights. V1, individual neuron CP was negligible and population choice information was only slightly stronger. Some previous studies have also reported that choice signals in V1 are weak or absent, but others have detected measurable choice signals there. In addition, fluctuations in V1 population responses, as measured by voltage-sensitive dioptical imaging, can be strongly predictive of stimulus detection. Thus, larger populations might have revealed stronger V1 choice signals in our task. Although our data cannot prove an absence of choice signals in V1 in our task, they do show that, for populations of similar size, V4 has more robust choice signals. This finding is consistent with the view that choice signals are stronger in higher visual cortex, a view that has emerged largely from comparisons made across studies. Several studies have compared choice signals in neurons recorded in different areas within the same animal, albeit in different behavioral sessions, as choice signals may be strongly influenced by task strategy, fluctuations in attentional state, both of which can differ across sessions, comparisons across areas should involve simultaneous sampling of their neurons, as we have done. In our study, choice signals were only weakly related to neuronal sensitivity, a relationship more evident in many previous studies. Some others have also found this realer tie-inship to be either weak or absent. Relationship between neuronal sensitivity and strength of choice signals is expected, if fluctuations in the may assured sensory representation drive the perceptual decision and if the sensory information is extracted by an optimal linear readout. Thus, the absence of this relationship may indicate suboptimal readout by our animals, though their performance rivaled human subjects in similar fine orientation discrimination tasks. That the mapping from sensory representations to decisions is not linear, or that the choice signals reflect rather than drive the decision, a weaker choice signal in V1 than V4 is notable given two factors that would predict the opposite outcome. First, most V1 neurons are selective for stimulus orientation, the relevant sensory variable in our discrimination task. V4 encoding of orientation is slightly less selective than in V1, though we found little difference in selectivity between these areas based on responses to a narrow range of orientations 45 degrees in a blindly selected sample of neurons. Because higher neuronal sensitivity is often associated with stronger choice-related signals, one would expect that choice signals should be more robust in V1 than V4, opposite to our findings. Second, V1 neurons with similar orientation preferences are spatially clustered, in V4, the spatial organization is less ordered, 
It has been suggested that strong spatial clustering of selectivity is required for generating strong choice signals. This would also suggest that choice signals should be stronger in V1 than V4, opposite to our findings. Our data indicate instead that choice signals may be more strongly determined by the proximity of the sensory representation to decision areas, by the sensitivity and clustering of neurons within an area. We note, however, that the difference in choice signal strength in V1 and V4 may depend on stimulus parameters, example, size, or spatial or temporal frequency, which we did not vary systematically. The dynamics of choice signals in V4 are also more consistent with these signals reflecting, rather than driving, the decision, of feedback, rather than feedforward origin. In our data, choice signals were strongest after the sensory-evoked response had ended, making it unlikely that the fluctuations in sensory responses drove the decisions. In addition, saccades were initiated shortly after the appearance of choice targets, and thus not long after the appearance of choice signals in V4 activity. This leaves little time for V4 population fluctuations to drive the decision and for the corresponding saccade to be planned. By this reasoning, the absence of choice-related signals in V1 might indicate a failure of decision-related information to propagate to the earliest stage of processing, either because this propagation requires additional time or because it is not required in our task. Dynamics of choice information in our data differ from those of most previous studies, which typically find choice in formation appears shortly after stimulus onset and remains evident throughout the trial. Difference may arise from our use of brief, supra-threshold stimuli, whereas most previous measurements of dynamics involve tasks in which animals integrated noisy stimuli containing weak sensory evidence. Under these conditions, it can be difficult to determine the temporal relationship between the arrival of sensory information, the formation of the decision, and the evidence for choice signals in the sensory representation. Our use of briefly presented stimuli constrain the time at which sensory information can be used to guide decisions. The close temporal proximity of V4 choice signals to the initiation of the decision saccade might indicate that our choice signals are affected by presaccadic modulation of V4 responses. However, several factors argue against this interpretation. First, presaccadic modulation is most evident within 100 milliseconds of saccade onset. Choice in former tie-on was evident in our data 200 minus 400 milliseconds before saccade initia. Tie-on. Second, ported that presaccadic modulation was only evident when neurons were visually driven. Our choice signals were strongest after the stimulus-driven response had ended. Finally, presaccadic modulation is greatest for saccades toward the neuronal RF and substantially weaker for saccades away from the RF. In our task, saccades were made to choice targets offset from the neuronal spatial RFs. Our ability to predict choice from neuronal responses was improved by considering choice and reward history, at least for V1 responses for which performance was weak otherwise. However, this choice history information does not appear to be EN coded explicitly in V1 or V4 responses. Our ability to predict choices from neuronal responses was unaffected by conditioning on the choice of the previous trial. Several recent studies, using distinct analyses, have reached similar conclusions, finding that choice history has a measurable effect on behavior but that this information is not represented in V1, or in MT or lateral intraparietal, lip, cortex. The absence of a neural signature of choice history information in early and mid-level sensory areas suggests the internal representative ion, 
memory, of choice and reward history is not relayed to those areas. This is in contrast to the information about the Desi Scion on the current trial, which are data and those of others, suggest contributes strongly to the choice signals in sensory cortex. It thus appears that not all decision-related information is incorporated in the sensory representation, but instead a selective component of it, namely the decision at the current time.